All right. Welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today we've got a great episode for you with David DiLorenzo uh, from restaurantandbarinsurance.com. I've had David on before, so this will be a fun and casual conversation. David, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. It's, uh, yeah, we've had, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it fun during the years of COVID, but we did have some engaging conversations about, you know, being able to help restaurants and, and kind of walk them through some stuff. But as always, it's always great to see you. It is. It is. So yeah, we're, we'll talk about where we are now. And I think I talked with David maybe probably as far as almost two years ago now. So we'll go through that time period. And it's always a challenge for me to have someone else who does podcasting. David does a lot of podcasting on his own in his marketplace there in Phoenix and gets people from all over the, the country involved as well as local. So before we get started, like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you seeing out there in the marketplace? Who are you talking to? I know you're, you're kind of, you're very active. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, a lot of people will look at like my title and what I do and they're like, oh, insurance, you know, completely, you know, boring. And I would have to agree with them. It's a uh, commoditized, boring industry, kind of like payroll, kind of like credit card processing and all that. So, you know, 20 years ago, not to reiterate my story that people may have already heard on on this, but, you know, 20 years ago when I got out of the music business with Warner Brothers and I got into insurance because it was the the family business that I have now taken over and, and owned. Um, I, I wanted to make it my own and I wanted to break the mold. So I find us more, you know, has a entertainment, uh, let's just say, uh, establishment industry has, as opposed to just insurance. Insurance is really the byproduct and the tool that allows us to help people, you know, protect them and, and, and do more of the connecting, which is what I really like. So, you know, connecting and protecting in a nutshell is what we do. And, and you know, a lot of what we're seeing out there is, you know, in Arizona um, is a little bit different, but a lot of the same that you're seeing, you know, nationwide in, in certain areas. And when I talk to, you know, people in Chicago, obviously they're going to have different heartaches than what we're going to have here or what you may have in Florida or California and stuff like that. But, you know, slowly but surely, I see a lot more um, positivity, um, you know, with the restaurants and the establishments that are left in, in the industry going on right now. One of the things I like about uh, David, I've seen him, he's very active on social, by the way, and uh, and so forth, but uh, goes out to the restaurants, is hugging his clients, uh, talking with them. So that, that connection part, that's a big part of what you do. I think that's fair to say. How do you... How do you inject? In, you first meet with the restaurant owner. Yeah, it's boring insurance and stuff, but how do you get past that level to really find out about their business? You know, it's, it's breaking down that initial wall and... Uh, Again, you know, 20 plus years of doing this, uh, it's understanding that I'm not coming in for the kill or trying to make a sale or something like that. That's just a byproduct of of me as a person and somebody wanting to have a relationship with me. So, you know, I've owned 13 restaurants. I understand the business. I've worked in them. I've, I've sat there and I've done the, you know, the roll ups. I've cleaned the dishes. I've sat people at seats. I've served drinks. I've, I've, I've done all of that stuff while owning an insurance company. So, you know, bringing that in hand in hand and understanding the risk and the things that can or cannot happen and being able to, you know, talk to that, especially to newer restaurateurs or bar owners that don't understand the laws yet or don't understand the things that could you know go wrong because they haven't seen it i have seen it i'm now i haven't seen everything because you can't possibly do that but i have seen a lot in the 20 years and so i can utilize those experiences and those situations to communicate to others that hey look you know we 
we, we need to look at this, this, and this. And if it's something that you feel could be, you know, an issue, here's a coverage that could, you know, help you with that. Now, not everything in this world is going to be covered. Again, I think a lot of times people don't understand that insurance companies are just like restaurants. They're in business to make money. We're all in business to make money. So it's really them analyzing what's a good risk. How do we give a good risk, better premium than say a risk that on paper or on the website, you know, doesn't look as good, um, you know, a different rate and and all that. So um, the the connection part is huge. And so again, back to your question, breaking down that wall, um, creating a, um, you know, uh, from the get go, creating something that shows a, an interest in the business that I'm insuring because I know the business. Yeah. I appreciate that. I let's, let's stay where you are on the, on the coverage side. Cause some people obviously we've gone through this, uh, before I think when we first talked to people say, Oh, do you have pandemic coverage? I mean, it's so much has changed. Restaurants were never closed down before so hard as what happened in this last stretch. And so, Obviously, that's created a lot of closures and a lot of a lot of stories along the way. But what can folks look for these days in terms of protections for what's next coming down the road? Is there anything? Is there clauses? What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk specifically for you know virus, bacterial, pandemic, it's going to be excluded for the rest of our rest of our lives. I mean, yeah. there may be policies out there, and, and I'm sure there are that are you know written on you know a manuscript sort of you know, paper that you're looking at tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you're talking bigger operations, you know, for this and that, but for your standard local restaurant, you just, the coverage is not going to happen. And again, reiterating, you know, everybody, you know, claims business income, business income. Again, if you read the contract, you know, it clearly states it has to be some sort of physical damage to the property in order for it to, you know, be a trigger, whether you agree to that or not, that's just, you know, how it's interpreted, how it has been interpreted by, you know, many judges and the laws. And that's kind of where we're at now. Now, yes, unfortunately, a lot of businesses, you know, through the pandemic, you know, have been shut down, have lost their businesses. But, you know, I will, I, I will give some credit where credit's due in the fact that a lot of these businesses did get PVP loans. A lot of these businesses did get the ERC. You know, hopefully that money will, you know, be coming towards the end of this year um, for what they calculated. So, you know, the restaurants that really prepared and 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 really um, took the business seriously as a business and looked into all this and and you know utilized outside sources as resources. Uh, you know, at least. I can speak for my clients in general, they're doing really good right now. The only thing that we're really missing out here, like I'm sure in the rest of the, you know, the nation has, I've seen you podcasts and I've, I've listened to a few of your speakers is just the labor issue that we're having. And I mean, you know, and, and for many different facets, obviously many different reasons for that, but I, you know, that, that, that will slowly and surely, I think get better as well as time goes on. Let's uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about boring insurance for a couple minutes. If, if I was a restaurant and a new operator, per, perhaps or just someone in the business, what are the top few categories of coverage that I, I would think about? What's the first few things that someone like you tells me about? Yeah, well, there's always going to be the the basic, you know, minimal coverage that's going to be dictated by your lease. That's going to be number one. So. Um, you know, if, if you do own your own building here, you can kind of bypass this. But, you know, most leases that are um, transcribed by attorneys are always asking for certain limits. And within those limits, you know, 
um, many of the people, probably 80% of them, if not 90% of them out there, have to get whatever is within those terms of the lease. And so you're looking at general liability, you're looking at liquor liability, you're looking at, you know, the property coverage, and then the business income, if something, you know, a fire were to occur, and you had to pay, you know, the, the rent and all that. Um, you're looking at workers' compensation. Um, you know, you're looking at all of those very standard types of coverages. Obviously, there's a lot of bells and whistles that are specific to restaurants that are outside of those coverages. A lot of leases may dictate whether you have an umbrella or not, and an umbrella is something that will go over, you know, all the other coverages that I had just, you know, mentioned. Um, you know, hired an unowned auto, if somebody's going to go run an errand in their car and, you know, they have coverage for that, if they're, you know, on work time and they end up, you know, causing an accident. So those are going to be your really standard, you know, um, business owner package and your package, you know, policies. The other coverages that are, you know, becoming a little bit more prominent, still not quite as um, heavy in people purchasing them. But what I do, you know, like to acknowledge and let people know about, um, you know, one is cyber. Again, it keeps being brought up and, and you're, you're seeing maybe some of the bigger operations with multi-locations buy cyber. And, you know, a lot of times people will come back and say, yeah, but my, my merchant service company or my POS company, you know, they say that we're covered. You know, it, it, it's great when somebody else kind of tells you that and you kind of hope that's, you know, the, the sure thing. But do sure. you really want to depend on them and their coverage in case you get shut down? Or would you like something of your own that would trigger immediately and right away and start paying for your shutdown or start paying to, um, you know, help people get their records back and stuff like that? So cyber is something that I think as we see more technology involved and more things happening and more prevalence to people getting their stuff stolen online and even hacking of your account, you know, your business account, it can cover that as well. Um, I, I think in the, in the near future, if not too distant future, that's going to be more prominent. And then the other coverage that in this new culture, this new era that we're, that we're in now um, is employment practices. I mean, I, I bring it up all the time and, yeah. you know, it's discrimination, it's sexual harassment, it's hiring and firing practices. It's on whether you gave overtime or didn't give overtime, you know, for wage and hour coverage, that sort of thing. And a lot of times, maybe your package policy will have a throw-in coverage for that. Maybe that's, you know, completely comfortable for you and, and, and enough in your mind. But there are a lot of other products out there that will help protect you, um, limits above and beyond, and, and, and different types of coverages to, you know, at least pay for those attorney fees if you were to get sued for something that not even necessarily you as an owner did, but maybe your manager or maybe two employees that, you know, were, you know, working together in tangent on, so... Yeah, I think I think I think a lot of stuff there. By the way, I think something will be fun. Maybe we'll come back. We'll do something in the next couple of months. But just just to do something short on cyber by itself will be interesting to put put out because it's not the first thing that you think about. But right now, yeah, you could get hit hard, shut down, lock accounts, fraud. You know, fraud this, fraud that. So so we'll, we'll, I want to make a point to revisit that. The other thing when you were talking about the driving and the auto, uh, COVID created a lot more takeout and delivery. So have you seen that plane? Hey, David, I, all of a sudden I got five guys running cars around. I got to do something. I, was that, was that something that popped up? Yeah, it popped up quite a bit, especially in the beginning. And so we had to, when we got those phone calls, we had to call the insurance companies and be like, Hey, is this cool? You know, and, and then really document what was going on because 
the hired and on own was never intended for any sort of delivery circumstance. Delivery is a completely separate and, and you know, sole and separate coverage in that aspect. So really what the hired and on owned, it's, it's intention was just for incidental driving. And, and it wasn't made to be just a specific, you know, just for covering somebody else's auto while they're out working for you and running, you know, many deliveries a day. It was to go run a bank run or go pick up fruit at the grocery store because you ran out at the restaurant or something like that. So we did have to, you know, insurance companies did have to make a lot of concessions on that to help their clients out because they were just trying to stay open and get stuff delivered. And, and you know, they, they figured it out. So a lot of my clients now that are doing more heavily delivery, they're obviously going through, you know, the big named uh, delivery services to do mm -hmm. that. That takes, yeah. you know, in some cases you got to read your contract, but that could take some liability off of you. And then in other circumstances, they just buy a company vehicle under the LLC of, you know, their company and they ensure that vehicle individually has a delivery vehicle. And then they're able to list the drivers, you know, under that. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. A lot to think about there. Um, a couple things. So, so let's, let's kind of kick out of insurance. We may, we may circle back. So you got a lot going on there. One in the background, right? We have great chaos in the background, David, you're doing big reconstruction. Tell me about that. You guys have been around for a while. You thought it was time to refresh the brand restaurants. Th everybody thinks got to think about this right after you can't, can't stay the same forever. Right? No, you can't. And, and I call it, I, I heard this in a, uh, a seminar when I was in one of my EO groups, um, I call it creative destruction. So if you're not creatively destroying what you've done every single day, then you're just laying dormant and you're just laying there to be taken and overthrown. And I'm, uh, I, I'm still full of a lot of energy and a lot of life. And I still, you know, really love what I do and I'm, uh, transforming it into other things. And so, yeah, you know, I, I own this office condo. Um, we've been here for 13 years. We bought it, you know, we were one of the first tenants to come in here. Now it's a, up and coming and very growing area up here in North Scottsdale. I mean, this is, I'm a mile from Barrett Jackson right now. I'm a mile from the uh, Waste Management Open, one of the biggest golf tournaments in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so we're watching everything grow. So I was kind of like, hmm, well, I've got 13 year old carpet. I've got cubicles. I've got, you know, it's so, so two thousands, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's time for a refresh. And so that's what we did. You know, we, I, I've saved the money and I invested back into myself, back into my staff. Everybody got new, uh, Vera desk, you know, the sitting and standing desk, Good. as you, as you may know, or the listeners may not know, I'm very much into, you know, health and wellness. And so for me to just sit in one place at one time, just not going to happen. I mean, I've got, I've got workout equipment here in my office. I do foam rolling. I eat healthy. I'm up at four, you know, and that's just, that, that works for me. That's what yeah. keeps me productive in a good mood and there and, and positive and beneficial for my clients. So I want to be able to hand that down in whatever that looks like for, mm -hmm. for my employees. They, they can do whatever they need to do or want to do, but I want to give them the tools. So we bought all brand new desk and we, we're building out a conference room and just making it clean and sleek. But the most important thing I want to bring up is that we're very tied into the local community. And since we're a hospitality agency, not an insurance agency, a lot of times when people walk into, you know, insurance brokerages, they'll see plaques of all the different companies they represent. You know, you'll see yeah. Hartford, Travelers, Nationwide, all this stuff. When the companies give me those plaques, I throw them in the trash. You know why? Because none of my clients give a they shit about who they're insured they with. They, they just know it's me. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're creating a local vibe in here. When you walk in, you're yeah. going to see artistic black and white pictures of my of my clients on the wall because that's the representation of who we are 
Yeah. And maybe that might go back to your music side, right? L labels, yeah. pictures, you know, stuff that, that has some feeling to it, some, uh, some emotion, not a, not an insurance plaque. So that's cool. All right. So, so good, fun, fun journey. I know you're, it sounds sound like you're almost on the back end of it. So you're getting, you're getting there and you, and I was, I was going to, I was going to bring it up. So I, I see every time I see David, he's either doing something or he's running, like he's either doing something or he's running. Like you're very, you're very, very much into fitness. What is it like out there? Are you doing, are you training for something specific? What's up? Yeah, I so I I retired from running. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, retired from running. At least for now, it's been about a year, um, and I'm just kind of reinvestigating new things. And 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 a lot of it just has to do with the mobility and flexibility and doing more quick, hard, you know, uh, workouts so that I can utilize the extra time that I have to play a little more guitar, to do a little more meditation, to walk my dogs, you know, stuff like that. Running just, it took up hours and hours of my, my weeks and my days and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, I, after 20 something years of doing it, 20 plus years of doing it, I was kind of like, you know what? I, I did all that. You know, I won races. I did, you know, it, it was fine. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, really what I'm doing now, I'm trying, I'm doing some more, um, you know, personal coaching and helping people again, just people, Good. everyday people out there that are either working in business or running a business to just, you know, look, I'm not the end all be all. I don't know everything. But what I'm really good at, and I know this because um, this is how I built the business, is listening and helping people and communicating. And so at the end of the day, that's really just what coaching is about. And I have a workbook and an agenda and all that sort of stuff that you know I go through with people to help them on their own personal journey and their own niche. Just like I've niched bar restaurant insurance, I've also mm -hmm. niched myself into you know the things I like to do and who I am and you know transcribe that into something very beneficial for me so that's what i want to do and help others and that's kind of my next 10-year journey while i'm doing this is to grow that you know side of my life and, and my practice good yeah man that's that's cool uh that, that, that's that's really great i've been reading been reading a lot of, of stuff lately and it's like man there's so many little things you could do inside your life uh, habit wise and behavior wise to structure everything better so one of the books back there is get get me into it. So um, the other thing you'll see is yeah you see the dog, see David's dogs, you see a Star Wars. Give me your, give me give me a quick rundown of your your favorite Star Wars uh, collectible or story or something, and then we'll kind of start to start to wrap up. You see Yoda in the background. Yeah, I guess so, I'm Yoda. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so it's a little bit of a mess back here because my office is still being built out right now. But so I'm I'm really getting into the the new Disney Disney series. I know there's a lot of criticism and stuff oh, on yeah. that, but you know, anytime you can give me anything new Star Wars that lets my mind kind of go into another realm for a while and not hear all the rest of the noise of what we have to pay attention to True. in the news, that, that's a victory. You know, I'm excited about the Obi-Wan series and, and that whole thing. And um, I, we were talking before, I, I did sell my Star Wars collection. It was 36 boxes of unopened action figures. So I sold it just recently to a... Yeah, to a toy store, and he was happy, and my wife was happy. Um, I'm still debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, true 40-year-old virgin stuff there. So, anyways, I took care of that. And, yeah, I mean, you know, between that and, and between, you know, the music and taking music lessons every week and playing my Eddie Van Halen guitar and um, just really – um, it, I, I, I heard it good on another podcast the other day. If I could have 10 lives and do 10 different things simultaneously and learn, it would be absolutely amazing. I, I just don't understand how people could ever feel bored. You know, there's so much to learn out there. So 
Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I I echo your thoughts on the Star Wars. I, I watch the shows too, and yeah, you can criticize them, but just yeah, they just take you to way to another planet, another way of being, and it's just like it's just escapism. So I I I love the stuff. They I hope they keep put keep putting stuff out. So all right, uh, closing thoughts on insurance. Something something we didn't cover that people should know, or where to find you, or something about your podcast. What do you yeah. Think? Um. So you know, please if if um you're looking for anything in your day that's positivity or enlightening or just even educational. Um, happy to provide all that. You know, I'm on Instagram. You can go to bar, you know, underscore restaurant, underscore insurance for that. But me personally, I'm at, I am the D-Lo, D-E-L-O. Um, I do have a podcast called On the D-Lo. And I'm kind of, you know, the, the podcast, I do have some hospitality podcasts on there. That's how it started. I'm now yeah. keeping them very, very short. Those are anywhere from 20, 25 minutes. And then, you know, as far as my personal podcast of what I do of just, you know, thoughts and inner meditations, they're five to seven minutes. You know, it's something you pop in, listen to, you know, not even halfway to work, but hopefully it gives you something positive and motivating. So that's on the D-Lo. Um, and, you know, just keep, keep your head up, you know, understanding that this is not permanent and things are changing. And I, and I have a very good, um, you know, feeling in the aspect of hospitality that it's only going to get better. Everybody always needs community. You look at when the first concerts came out, you look at when the first restaurants were open. I mean, these places were slammed. People still want a place to go. They don't want to be trapped in their rooms. They don't want to be just sitting there and looking at a computer screen. They want to interact with with humans. And I, I just don't think that ever goes away. And I think that's why hospitality and good food and, and the taste and smells of all that is just so important for, for human culture. Yeah. So um, I love it, David. I'm going to put, uh, I'll hit you in an email, make sure I get those links. So we'll put the links in the show notes to some of your other stuff, but uh, appreciate you as always. This has been David DiLorenzo from bar and restaurant I am Jamie Oichel from running restaurants.com and you can find us online uh, where you'll see articles about service and, and tech and operations and marketing and so forth. So check us out. We'll see everybody soon. Thanks, David. Thank you.